Hello, this is Jocelyn, and welcome to the Meliora Mentor Podcast. I strive to help women with mindset in pregnancy, motherhood, and weight loss, because I have found Meliora, which means better in Latin, through changing my thoughts, through shifting my mindset, and it has helped me so much in the areas of motherhood, pregnancy, and weight loss. And I want to help you too, which is why I do this podcast. Today we are continuing on our pregnancy series, and I get to visit with my awesome friend, Elizabeth, who lost a baby at 38 weeks. She gives great insight on how to handle such a hard situation, and I think you'll find that there will be nuggets that you can apply to other areas of your life besides pregnancy. Hi, I am Jocelyn, the host of the Meliora Mentor Podcast. Meliora means better in Latin. I encourage better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. I help individuals with an inner desire who are having a difficult time making progress to fulfill their goals to find the small, doable steps without making drastic changes to their everyday lives and I can help you. Thanks for joining me. Hello, and welcome to the Meliora Mentor Podcast. I am Jocelyn, and today I'm actually with one of my good friends, Elizabeth. We are continuing on our pregnancy series, and today I brought Elizabeth on to talk about loss. And something that she experienced in her life with pregnancy and loss that I want to shed some light on for you, for those of you who have gone through loss. So Elizabeth, do you want to tell us a little bit about your situation and what happened with losing a baby? Yeah, so um, it's been about 13 years, well, a little over 13 years, but um, it was my second baby. It was a little girl. Um, We... It, it was actually a surprise that that we were, were pregnant with her at all. We had a seven-month-old baby, um, and and I was nursing, and so I guess I didn't realize that you can get pregnant while you're still not having periods. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was kind of surprised and a little bit nervous. But um, but as the pregnancy kept going, it was kind of interesting because. My mother-in-law pointed out this to me um, somewhere along the pregnancy. She said, it's kind of funny. You didn't have a lot of questions with your first baby when you were pregnant, but with your second baby, you asked so many more questions. It was kind of like, oh, I've done this once. Now I really need to know what's going on. But I think from the very beginning, I kind of had this feeling that um, that maybe something wasn't going to be right with this one. And I had read a book or something about somebody whose baby ended up in the NICU. And so I kind of was feeling like I was going to have an early baby and she was going to have some health problems maybe. And so I was really like, okay, so how do you know if there's something going on and when you should go in and things like that. And so I'd kind of had this premonition um, during those nine months of pregnancy. And um, we were reaching the end and... um, and I'd been having a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions, which 
they kind of started pretty early with this one and so that wasn't weird but um there was we were poor college kids and um decided that we were going to rent out our basement and so we had been um remodeling that we had just tiled the floor and so I was trying to clean up between the tiles so I could grout and it was Labor Day weekend and so this was um, Monday which was Labor Day and so we had um, I'd been on my hands and knees all day scraping out tile nine months pregnant which is well I was I was 38 weeks and so that was kind of a lot of work but I was still having lots of Braxton Hicks contractions probably because I was overdoing a little bit but I um, but we had to get this done because the, the couple was going to be moving in, um, in two days. And so we did that and decided that since we'd gotten it all done, we were going to go to a movie that night. And so we took our, our then, I think, what's seven plus nine, 14, no, 15 month baby girl and went and saw Kung Fu Panda. And I was sitting there watching the movie and just had so many contractions, but they were, they weren't really progressing, but I was just kind of keeping track of them. And um, we went home that night and I was laying next to my 15 month little girl, putting her to bed. And um, that was kind of the, the time of night when my, the baby in my belly was the most active. Um, and so we would listen to this Disney lullaby CD and um, and I would get to feel my baby move and I'd get a snuggle with my 15 month old. And so we, we were doing that and I just noticed that the, my baby and her name, her name's Abrielle. Um, that Abrielle wasn't really moving very much. Well, not at all, actually that she, she wasn't moving at all. And I thought, oh, well I probably wore her out because I was on my knees all day, scraping in around tile and then grouting. And, um, she's probably just worn out. So, um, I kind of just waited that out and um, after Caitlin fell asleep, I went and talked to, to my husband and um, kind of told him that it was kind of weird that she wasn't moving much and and um, went and, I don't know, got a drink of juice or something that they say that if the babies aren't moving a lot, that if um, you drink something sweet, that that will maybe help. And so we did that and Nothing really changed. I could um, push on my belly and I could feel her floating around in there, but there wasn't much movement. And at that point I wasn't super worried, just a little bit nervous. Um, but as the night progressed, I was having a hard time falling asleep because she just wasn't really moving. And finally, I um, this is probably about one in the morning that I was, I was like, um, I, I think I'm gonna call somebody and see what they would tell me to do. And so I called the emergency hotline for my OBGYN office and talked to a, a nurse who was kind of like, this happens all the time. I think sometimes moms over, um, can get worried, but it's probably perfectly normal. Everything's probably okay. The, the best you could do is probably just go to the hospital and get things checked out if you're really worried about it. And, and I felt kind of dumb, like I was maybe overreacting and it's, this was a normal thing. Um, and so I just kind of went and laid in bed, didn't get much sleep, but the next morning we um, were pretty good friends with our OBGYN and my husband called his personal phone and just said, this is what's been going on. We haven't really 
felt her move um, when we're not quite sure how long when the last time was. And um, so he said to come to the office and that they would check it out. And we went in, saw a nurse. Um, she couldn't find a heartbeat, so she called in a more um, mature nurse who'd been around for a while, and she also couldn't find one. Um, so they sent us to the hospital where we met up with our doctor, and he did an ultrasound. And, and there was no heartbeat. Um, and that was hard. We, um, we couldn't get a hold of any of our moms to watch her our little 15 month old. So she was out at the nurse's station drinking chocolate milk and having the time of her life. And we were in this little room and I just remember there wasn't any tissues in there, just um, really hard brown um, paper towels. And so we used that to wipe her nose a lot. So my nose was pretty raw, but um, they, they were, the hospital was um, really wonderful and I really appreciate them. They tried to make it as easy for us as they could. Um, they knew that we'd be getting a lot of visitors, so they brought in a tray of goodies and snacks. Um, and we did. We, I had a, had a cousin who brought in a kit for when she was born that we could um, get a, a mold of her hand and foot. And um, it, was a, it was a long day. I think that throughout the day, I still kind of held that hope that the doctor was wrong. And that when she was born, um, everything would actually be fine. Um, and it wasn't when she was born. She, she was perfect. She was six pounds, 11 ounces and, um, and beautiful, but she was not alive. And that was... That's pretty tough. Um, Cause immediately we started had, having instead of um, snuggling with a cute baby, we had to start thinking about how we were gonna bury her. My um, my grandma who'd lost her second baby had a plot, a small plot that um was next to him, so she offered that up to us and um, anyways, we just uh, got to go through the experience of finding burial clothes and talking to a morgue and um, it, was, it was pretty unexpected. I, even though I had kind of had a premonition that maybe something was gonna go wrong, I really didn't have any clue that we were gonna lose her completely. And so that was a big surprise to me, my husband came from a family of eight and I came from a family of 10. Um, and both her moms had had miscarriages, but I just thought that having babies was pretty risk, there, it was pretty risk-free that babies kind of just came. Um, and so I was, I was pretty thrown off guard. Um, and obviously it's been 13 years, but it still, still makes you cry a little bit when you think about it. Um, anyways, but that's kind of the story um, and we, we went and stayed at my husband's house for a couple days afterwards. It wasn't quite, quite ready to go home and, and attack the baby clothes and the, the crib and things. Um, so, um, 
but when we did go home, my mom had taken all those and put them away, which I think was a blessing. Um, but also there were some regrets that I had that I didn't, um, didn't, wasn't the one to put those away because I think they were, might have been some closure that could have helped through that. Um, we had a gravesite funeral um, a couple days later that we had a lot of support at. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the story. Um, but what a beautiful and touching story. I'm here crying too. And I think all I have is brown paper towels too. Your nose <laughs> might be sore. I should have grabbed tissues before no, we okay. started. You're okay. Um, how did you get through such a hard thing? Like that's your story is heart wrenching. Um, and I really cannot imagine losing a baby that far along in pregnancy because as I've told you before, pregnancy is so hard for me. What got you through? Um, I think, so I have, I do have faith that there is, um, an afterlife and that we can be with our families and those that we love again. Um, our bi- our we have a, a man in our ward or in our church. Our bishop came and visited us in the hospital, and when she was born, um, the very first thing that I thought about as I held her and looked at her beautiful body that didn't have a spirit in it um, was that Jesus Christ died and was resurrected, and I didn't recognize that meant that we would all be resurrected too um and how how big of a blessing that was until i realized that i was i i had someone that i loved that really needed to be resurrected so that i could see her again and it it did bring me closer to my savior jesus christ to know that that he had done that for my perfect beautiful baby who would someday be resurrected again and i think having that knowledge and that that being my first thought was was a huge help in getting through the rest of it. But I know that people prayed for us and I could feel those prayers. But I don't think it's something like losing a baby like that or anybody really is it just changes you. It doesn't I was I'm not the same person that I was that I am now that I was before. Um I recognize that so I've had um she was my second baby. I've had four babies after her and um I used to I have also I I mean I haven't had the hardest pregnancies as you but um I don't feel great during them um I get pretty sick and have all the fun pregnancy things that happen but um with each baby after Abrielle I I just remember being so grateful for the pains and the sickness and the um and the hard thing is because it meant the baby was still okay and that the baby was still there and that the baby was still on its way. And, and there was some, some hard things about knowing that you can lose a baby at any part of the pregnancy that made each of those pregnancies a little bit more stressful. Um, and, but I think just having a, having a good support system, having a loving husband who listened to me talk and, and, um, he was the soccer coach at the time, and we just kind of threw ourselves into the soccer program those first couple weeks, just as kind of a, um, 
a distraction from what was actually happening. Um, and I think if, as I look back now, I think probably I could have benefited from some counseling. I was a little bit too stubborn and, and didn't, didn't do that. And maybe if I could have talked about it a little bit sooner, um, that might've helped me process it a little bit quicker. Um, cause I was still, you know, you still feel the grief for, for years after, but, but it was, a. I kind of held on to that grief, um, I think a little bit longer than, than I had to, if I would have maybe done some counseling or something, but, but, um, sorry, was that? <laughs> no, that's question. great. I love how you took such a hard event and turned it into gratitude for f- future pregnancies. Even though you were miserable, you realized that like, this is a blessing and not in the same sense, but a miscarriage also helped me with that. Cause with the miscarriage, I got less nauseous. I was like, oh, this is oh. kind of nice. Yeah. But then I also lost the baby. So um, you start appreciating all of those. Yes. You yeah. appreciate the sickness, the pains, the tiredness, everything, all those hard things yeah. that really come and turning to gratitude, I think, down the road. And as you said, it, it, it took some time, but it still helped you to um, get through the other pregnancies and be grateful for those things that were that were going on during that time. Um, so we've kind of talked about your experiences of dealing with loss and, um, how you've handled it and what's, what helped you move forward. I agree with you. I am, Elizabeth and I also (laughs) both belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we do believe in the afterlife, and that does give, give great comfort that we will be able to be with these spirits that we lose or family members that we lose to be with them and, and if there are children, to raise them again. Um, she does do or has done some cool stuff to honor Abriel. Would you be interested in telling us a couple of those things that you have done to... Yeah, so um, we definitely celebrate her birthday every year. It's around Labor Day, which is um, about that time of year. I always start kind of feeling that that change. It's changing into fall. Um, and... and um, so it's always kind of fun when her birthday lands around or on Labor Day weekend because we get to maybe do a little bit more. But every year we celebrate her birthday. Um, I get I make my favorite dessert <laughs> or cupcake. I'd be a little bit more creative about like my kids always ask me for things that they like the most. Um, and I don't make my own birthday cake. So for her birthday, it's kind of a a special little like I get to make the treat that I've always wanted to try. And then we take that treat, um, to her grave stone and, um, light candles and let the kids blow them out. Um, talk to the kids a little bit about their sister. And, um, there have been, we've done some funny things some years. One year we tried to send balloons with notes up into the sky and they got stuck in a tree. Oh no. (laughs) We had to use a hose to spray them down. (laughs) That one didn't go over so well. Um, but it was fun and it was a good memory. Um, when she turned 10, my older daughter had her ears pierced at 10. And I've never had my ears pierced. And so when Abrielle turned 10, I got my ears pierced with her birthstone. Um, it's kind of a special thing to remember her. Um, and then we, I don't know, we've just tried to, to do different things to really say, this is your birthday and um, you're part of our family on that day. Um, and then at Christmas time we have a 
have a stocking for her that every year Santa Claus leaves a different angel in there and I've got 13 years of angel collection going on that we pull out at Christmas time and line the back of our piano with as our as our um, heavenly angel collection but so it's kind of it is kind of cool nobody wants to join a club where they lose a baby or or somebody that they care a lot about but um, once you're in that club there is something cool about being able to have an open discussion about your child with your children about about death and about um, where we come from and where we're going and um, that those people are a part of our lives even though they're not not here physically and what that kind of means and so it's been so it's to some good conversations with our children and even my six-year-old um, knows a lot about umbilical cords maybe more than he should but, <laughs> but he always has questions about so this umbilical cord what did it do why why oh that was I guess the part of the story I didn't talk about is that it was an, an umbilical cord accident that had um she had it twisted around her ankle and then when she moved around it had kind of twisted up and tied in a knot and so there wasn't a lot that um could have been done to save her once it had um cut off the the oxygen and blood supply to her body but but yeah so we t- we've talked about a lot about umbilical cords in our family maybe more than most people do but well, i love the intentionality too of teaching your kids that we can move forward with hope and faith and not despair and discouragement like this was still really hard yeah. and difficult and the younger ones are never going to know her and the older one doesn't even remember her but but moving forward with that hope and that faith and teaching your children that i love that so much um I wish we all were a little bit more intentional in teaching our children um, of God's plan. So just kind of in closing, is there anything that you, any last thoughts that you want to tell moms that have gone through a similar experience, some insight, some words of wisdom, anything like that, that comes to your mind that you would like to pass on? Um, I... Most of all, I think it's okay to give yourself permission that this event is going to change you. Um, you're not going to be the same person that you were before, and that's okay, and it's actually good. Um, it, like I said, it's been 13 years, and it's been interesting to watch my evolution take place where at first it was this thing, and I, I did have a lot of faith, but there was still, you still go through the stages of grief where it's, denial and a little bit of anger and um and sadness and I remember a lady coming up to me with I'm sure completely pure intentions but she asked me if I was over it yet and that kind of made me mad because it's not something anyone ever gets over is losing a baby but it um but it it kind of softens over the years and you you notice kids that are the same age that your baby would have been and you notice what they're doing and where they're at but um but it it does kind of soften over the years and I think I think the biggest thing is um allowing yourself to change and to that it's okay to change and that the change brings growth in who you are as a person and um I had a situation a couple years later that I had a friend who um was trying to adopt a baby and the the birth parents pulled out last second and so she she lost that baby right at the end when they um 
when they thought that they were going to bring a baby home um, within the next couple days. And, and it reminded me so much of my experience, even though it was a pretty different story. Um, we both had to go home to empty nurseries and um, without babies. And, and we cried together. And there was something that was so sweet about connecting with another lady that really, really understood what I had been through and I understood what she had been through. And so using that um, experience in my life to connect to other women, women with similar or even a little bit different experiences has helped me um, to be more compassionate, more compassionate, more charitable and more understanding um, in a lot of different areas, even ones that don't aren't connected at all, but just understanding that we each have a story. We've each been through something that's hard for us and that we can come out stronger and and better, not because we don't wish that that had happened, but because we know that we can handle it and we can move forward despite the, the hardness of it. And I've appreciated seeing that path in my life and knowing that where I started, I'm a very different person now, but, but I like who I am. And I think that that experience helps mold me into the person that I am today. And so I am grateful for that. Thank you so much for being willing to share your your thoughts, your feelings, and your insights was such a hard thing. Sometimes those tender and sacred moments are hard to share. Um, but I think it opens, opens the door for other people to learn and grow that are going through the same thing. So I super appreciate you coming to do that with us today. And we will talk again soon. Okay, thanks. Thank you for being a part of the Meliora Mentor Podcast, for listening, for sharing, and for most of all, applying these tools into your own life to improve your own happiness so that you can find your own better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. If you are one of those individuals who have an inner desire but are having a difficult time making progress in your goals, I can help you find the small, doable steps without drastic changes to your everyday life. Reach out, let's connect, and let's see you move forward. My name is Jocelyn, and I thank you for listening. Until next time.